Let's bow. <clears throat> oh, Jesus, thou life giver, the true life, the life that God intended for man to have in fellowship with him. And thy word declares us the grace that is being so abundantly offered now freely to whosoever will may come. We humbly ask for thy blessing upon our gathering to move the hearts, to heed the words, to ponder upon them, and to act upon them. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 13. It's the end portion of the Sermon of the Mount. Matthew chapter 7 beginning with verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. 
and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I've read the end of the chapter. The Lord is worthy that we bow before him in prayer. Our loving Father in heaven, we come before your throne of grace this morning hour, giving you thanks and praise for your loving kindness to us, for your protecting hand and your providing heart. We thank you, Lord, that you are our God, that we can come to you at any time, that we can come unto you morning, noon or night, or in the middle of the night, because you do not sleep. You are not unaware of our needs. But we come to you this morning first and foremost to praise your name most high and holy. For you created us. You created the vast universe. You created everything that we see and we do not see. You created the laws that cause things to happen here upon this earth. Lord, and as we see that mankind, the scientists and the physicists and the, and the microbiologists are continuing to use the technology that you have allowed them to develop only to reveal more and more of your creative genius, of your God-creator intelligence. Lord, not only was this done with intelligence, but you are a personal God. You are one that cares for his creation. You formed us in your image. You made us. Oh Lord, help us to realise this. Help us to realise that everything, O Lord, is under your sovereign control. Yet you allow things to happen. You allow things sometimes to happen that we do not understand. Sometimes it's difficult for us to bear. But we know, Lord, that all things work for the good to them that love God and to them that are thee called according to thy purpose. We also know that you will not allow any temptation that is common unto men to be so great that we are not able to bear it, but that we with every temptation are able to bear it if we have Christ, because with him we can do all things. Father, we pray for those that are not here this morning, for those that are suffering on sickbeds or suffering with many trials and problems in their life that sometimes seem overwhelming. We pray that you would be merciful and gracious to them. Father, we are mindful of, uh, as was mentioned, our dear brother Peter, who has served you faithfully uh, these many years, how he has been stricken down with a heart attack. Father, we pray that you would be his comfort and strength and you'd heal him and that you would 
Comfort the family too, especially the very concerned wife, Sister Maria. We pray that you would bless them and keep them in your care. Father, we have those in our own congregation that we pray for. Sister Olga Ordo, who has been diagnosed with leukemia some time ago. Father, we pray that you would touch her heart. First of all, that you would fortify her heart, that she knows in whose hand she is. That she's in the hand of the greatest of all physicians. The one who gave her life. And the one who gave her new life in Jesus Christ. We pray that you'd be her comfort and strength and heal her. Father, we pray that you would also be with Sister Monica, who's suffering um, difficulties in her life. Be with her, comfort her, strengthen her, and uplift her. We have those that are aged and in our midst. We have those that are feeble. We have those that are suffering, as mentioned, many trials and temptations that we are not aware of. We pray that you would be their provider, their comfort, their strength through thy Holy Spirit. Father, we especially pray now for Brother Paul Mueller, who is a um, as he confessed himself, he's a, a dying man. And Lord, we don't know how many years you would give to him upon this earth, but we pray that you would use him and that you would, through him, glorify yourself, that you would be the comfort and strength of their family and to himself. Father, we pray for Sister Jennifer Ceres, who, who with difficulty got around at camp and was suffering much. Be with her, be her comfort and strength as his two young children that uh, need her and that are looking to her. Bless her and comfort her and strengthen her father. Father, we pray for Sister Sarah Yosich, who at a very young age, in a very early, early phase of her marriage, uh, suffered this great setback. Bless her and comfort her and strengthen her husband. May this, their faith uh, be strengthened uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit who is only able to comfort her. Father, we pray for Sister Vanessa Tubber, for Brother John Udria, um, both of whom have been also stricken down with this disease, which we often liken to the disease of sin. It's cancerous and it spreads. Lord, we pray that you would, in your grace and mercy, place your mighty hand upon them and lift them up in spirit. Father, we are perplexed. We are surrounded with many, many that we know of that are suffering and in great uh, distress and, and difficulty. We pray that your Father hand will look upon them and do far more than we can ask or think or do. Father, we pray for your children throughout this world, especially those that are propagating your gospel, your word, that are being persecuted every day as the true saying goes from the prophet that said, for thy sake they are being killed all the day long. And we pray that you would uh, be merciful and gracious to them, that their faith would not give, that they would not yield to the wiles of the devil, but that they through their life and death would glorify your name. Father in heaven, we pray for our own congregation here, for those that have not yet known thee, not have yet surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. Sometimes, Lord, we who are on this side of salvation look back and think, what is stopping them? How can they not see? How can they not understand? Oh, Lord, you have revealed yourself through creation, revealed yourself through, the, through thy Holy Spirit to them. Convict their hearts, uh, enlighten them with thy word, and reveal to them that there is no other life 
that can be compared to the life of a Christian and then in, in the ages to come to have eternal life with thee, the living God and our glorious Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Be with us, bless us, keep us and be with our dear brother now as he would expound thy word, give unto him utterance upon his lips and uh, help us to have open hearts to receive your word, a seed in good ground engrafted in meekness and mingled with faith. For we pray and ask all of these things in the precious name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. What would this world be without Christ? What hope there would be? Those that deny God see what they have got to offer. They have got no hope. As become more and more aware of the calamities that strike this world, it just to think without Christ, there's just no hope. After the Second World War, <clears throat> I think it was Billy Graham was in Germany, who lay in ruin as the rest of Europe destroyed, brought the gospel message there. And Adenauer, exemplary statesman that was very instrumental in the rebuilding of Germany that was in ruins. He invited him and asked him, said, do you really believe those things that you preach? He said, well, of course I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. He said, outside Jesus Christ, I see no hope. Consider your life. Consider when calamity strikes. Consider those that suffer. It should touch you. On whom are you going to lean? The portion we read is part of the Sermon of the Mount, a long discourse by Jesus. It begins in chapter 5 by mentioning the Beatitudes, the blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This March, we, Margaret and I, we were at a place that traditionally is assigned to be the place where Jesus had this sermon. And it's one of the few places that is left as natural, without building. Even to commemorate the place, they built on top of the hill, 
not exactly where it was. It's kind of a valley that turns toward the Sea of Galilee. And they say that the acoustics are just perfect there. And Jesus knew to choose this place and to speak the discourse that starts with what we read now and ends what we read before. It is called, and it came to pass when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Doctrine is that which should be taught and must be believed. And this Sermon of the Mount outlines the doctrine of Christ. Certainly, there were many people there that perked up when they heard those things, because many came. They were downtrodden. They were as lost sheep, says, seeking a shepherd. Unless they think that it's now going to be just all fine and rosy, he follows that saying, saying, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophet. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. The law given by Moses, God gave it through Moses, part of which is the Ten Commandments, and then the the 613 or so, specific laws which nobody could keep they all fell short and here Jesus says he has not come to do away with that it has to be all fulfilled not even one jot not even one tittle God takes it so serious and in Romans we can read that the law is good is holy is just is spiritual So what's wrong then with it? Nothing. But it doesn't offer salvation. It doesn't offer forgiveness of sin. It doesn't offer reconciling with God. It just makes you realize how short you fall of what God requires. And there was only one that fulfilled it. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Now, if you thought that the law was hard on people, but then Jesus continues in his doctrine. Ye have heard that it was said by them of all time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause, shall be in danger of judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, that means empty, shall be in danger of counsel. But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Who here ever was not angry with his brother? And did he think that he had a just cause? If not, 
he's in danger of judgment. And if he insulted his brother, called him empty, the fool, he's in danger of hellfire. And Jesus continues. <clears throat> you have heard that it was said of them of all time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now who has not looked with lust? Who can say that? If thy right eye offend thee, Pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. The doctrine of Christ. You have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. What a calling. It goes way beyond what the law said. Who can do it? Nobody could do the law, much less what Jesus said are things that are not right. The Bible says that the law was our schoolmaster to make us aware how short we fall of what God requires. And then comes Jesus, and in his doctrine, he tells us even more. We really need a Savior. We really need a Savior. But who will hear that Savior, what he says? Who will follow his advice. We need a Savior to save us from the condemnation of our sins. Whatsoever is not right before God is sin. But we also need then a Savior that gives us the grace to live a life pleasing unto him. Now those people, the multitude that heard him, what went through their minds? They gladly came to hear, but when it really came down to it, were they willing to follow? And this problem is also to us today. We hear the word that it says, 
Do we really believe it? Do we really believe it? Do we really believe that the, the gate is straight, meaning narrow, straight? It is narrow, and it speaks then about another gate that is broad, and the way is broad, and many there walk on it, many. You know, they have a lot of company, but the narrow gate that leads to salvation, few there one by one. They can only enter one by one. And at that, they cannot carry any luggage with it. Some years ago, I looked at uh, some DVDs that outlined the design, the development, and testing of the Boeing 777, a big plane which then was supposed to be a future plane. Now they fly. And you know how they decide what's the capacity of that plane to carry passengers? You may think, oh, it's how many seats they can fit in there. No. The capacity of that plane is determined by how many people can get out of the plane when there is a danger. And so they ask for volunteers, they fill up the plane, say, how many can get out? And it's very important for them because that's going to determine their profitability. And they're not supposed to take anything with them. When a ship sinks, the lifeboats are down. You're supposed to leave everything behind because anything that may be dear to you may hold you up, may be a hindrance to somebody else. It just bear with your life. So you get out of the plane. So you get into the lifeboat. And that's how the narrow gate is. You cannot take anything in because one would want to take even if they could take just one thing through that narrow gate, one may take this. Somewhere else may take something different. And soon it would be a place, a place of disorder. It would not, it would not be anymore heaven. So the things, the parting of them, that's the hard thing. And people want to convert, they start by repenting because they hear Jesus preach, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then they repent for years and years and wait for some light to come down from heaven to assure them that they're there. And Jesus gives it just the simple way that makes the difference 
between those that are wise and those that are fools. What's so hard to understand here Whoso heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. How difficult is that to understand? Or do we look around and we we hear a good preacher, we hear some gifts, we hear some miracles being done, and we want to draw close to it because some of it is going to rub off. But Jesus said, Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And Jesus Christ came to declare the will of the Father in heaven. And he said, he that hears the saying of mine and does them is wise. And does he ask us something that is so great? When we hear it being said that where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst, a very, very special blessing. You want to draw near to Jesus? Gather with two, more than two or three. Just gather. Do you believe that? Do you do it? When the word says, honor your father and mother, you know it. Do you do it? When the word says, lay up treasures for you in heaven, where neither moth nor rust corrupt. Do you do it? Simple things. What keeps us from it? And it says, be a peacemaker. You want to be a peacemaker? Can you? Do it. To believe Jesus Christ and do it strengthens your faith. When you do those little things, which are not really that big, you do it with the right attitude, it will strengthen your faith. And don't we want faith? It's not wrong to pray for faith. I pray often for faith. 
but to pray for faith to increase and not do those simple things, God will not hear. But if you do those simple things, faith will be strengthened. And in turn, you are ready for bigger things. And as God sees fit, not as you think, because again the word says, follow me, follow me. You're not the leader, you follow. Not even miracles are an indication of spirituality. But the fruit is. As we read here, beware of false prophets. And there will be false prophets. There will be false prophets that start out perhaps on the right way. But because they did not heed the warnings, end up failing. And they come to a point where they are being deceived, where they deceive others and are being deceived and are so convinced that they're right. But the real test is by their fruit. The rewards that heaven offers is not according to gifts because they're given anyway. And even they can be misused as we can read in the epistle to the Corinthians, they can be misused. And the interesting thing about it is, God did not withdraw those gifts right away. He let them misuse it. If he would withdraw them right away, then they would know. But God wants willing followers. And so he allows them to misuse them but certainly they are not a sign of spirituality. But the fruit of the Spirit is a sign that the Spirit is in control. And the fruit of the Spirit that we allow the Spirit to work in us will be rewarded. Not gifts, but fruit. It's such a simple key, and yet how can so many miss it? Do what you believe. Otherwise, James says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. And everyone that heareth this saying of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto the foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. What did the people make of this? You know? Whenever there was a miracle of feeding, of healing, the multitudes came. But that's not the main reason that Jesus did come to this earth. Jesus Christ came to be a witness to the truth. And he is the truth and the way and the life. All those things. He is. And we better heed what he says. Because God... The word says, cannot deny himself. 
you don't do what he says, he will not. You can come to church, sing nicely, appear nice, but unless you do those things which Jesus said and you believe, you say you believe, it doesn't avail you anything. It doesn't avail you anything. You can be like me that sat in those pews, not these, but in other churches where we were before, year after year, and people may even think that you're a nice person, but still, it avails you nothing till you actually do what you say you believe. And it's a handicap, really, as we get older. I remember at camp, <clears throat> at one year, they asked people to stand up. At what age did they convert? And in their teens, there were many, many standing up. When it came to my age, there were few. And even older, very few. See, we, we have... We have so set, are so set in our ways, in our pre- preconceived notions, that we, we, are, that we understand this is simple. Let's go on. Never mind this simple thing. Let's go on. No. We want to see the whole thing because we have been disappointed so many times before in our dealings in this world that we want the proof. We want to see the end. That doesn't work. It says, unless you become as little children, unless you become as little children, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Unless you become little children. No. Here and now, you ask them to do that, do it. They don't ask you, well, what if? Well, once they get older, then it comes to what if, what if, why, why? But little children... Little children, when I look at them and they want to please you and you ask them to do something and they do it. Little children, without preconceived notions, doing the the simple little things which to grown-ups is just, why don't you do it yourself? The doctrine of Jesus Christ I'd like to read <clears throat> two verses out of hymn 179. O soul, know this, the smallest service by God will not forgotten be, because in lowly service mostly the heart of selfishness is free. Begin in small things then to serve him, the smallest sin, O oh, hate and flee, for in obedience love grows stronger and faithfulness will greater be. O oh, do not say in greater trials will I do Jesus faithful be. That is what Peter also promised, and yet thou dost him weeping see. So learn through faithfulness in small things in little conflicts faithful be, or else thou shalt perhaps with Peter for faithlessness weep bitterly.
believing is necessary, but the power of God takes only effect if we do those things that we say we believe. May the Lord bless his word. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. Hymn 74, the first two and the last verses. Thank you.
Oh dear God, our Heavenly Father, and Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, Thou rulest on, on high, Thou clothed in the holiness, holiness, dear Heavenly God, and yet Thou rememberest us. cares about us, us unworthy. Dear Heavenly Father, we came today to measure ourselves against thy word. And when we read the Sermon on the Mount, then we see how short we come in our efforts to come close to thee. How holy art thou. How just. How we are reminded even this day of thy holiness, of thy law, thy requirements. And as we read passage by passage of this requirement of thy word, we see that we are not even close. So who is the man that you remember him, that you love him? Dear Heavenly Father, Thou carest about us. So we understand that by effort, we are still, and our best efforts, we are still way behind. But we understand that only by trusting Thee, by having faith in Thee, by committing ourselves completely to Thy word, we can come close to thee through, through the grace that you extend to the whole race on this earth. That thy grace can only save us from our sins, for our shortcomings, for our weaknesses, for our forgetfulness of thy word. Be merciful unto us, we pray thee. Give us thy grace to save us from ourselves. Give us thy knowledge and wisdom to take us from this valley of death. To not be any more surrounded with this world and its ways. But as the, thy son that went in the faraway land, he went to the land far away as he could afford or he can, could, could go to forget about thee, dear Heavenly Father. But thy son, when he fell into trouble, into famine of that world, 
uh, that land, he came to his senses. He came to himself. And dear Heavenly Father, thank thee for having us come to ourselves. And we also pray that those that have not make peace with thee, that they can all, as we did in some time during our life, came to our senses and see this world for whatever it is, that there is no lasting comfort, that there is no peace if we are not with thee, that this world and the sin of itself cannot provide comfort. Yes, there is excitement to sin of this world, but it's short-lasting and the price is high. Thou the only one who offer the real comfort here on this world, thou Prince of Peace, Lord Jesus, embrace us, spread thy hands, they are marked with the signs of love towards the whole world. Take us with thee. Take us to be thy worshipers and thy flock. And be with us and stay with us. And visit those that are in sickness, bound to hospital beds, bound with different needs, praying the strengthening, strengthening them and us, and be with us, not only now, but forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Three hundred thirty nine. <laughs>
the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the teaching of Jesus Christ, which must be believed in order to be saved and live a victorious life. Jesus started out his preaching by saying, repent. That's the first requirement. To sorrow for the things that we have done wrong in the past. And where possible to make restitution for it. And then he just simply says, follow me, follow me, follow me. And to follow me, we got to believe and do what he says. And he will assuredly lead us. It's as simple as that. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.